Hi, everybody. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. Episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. This week, Natalie Furness, CEO of RevOps Automated, joins the show to talk about, well, revenue operations. Natalie, of course, offers her perspective on and definition of revenue operations and how it overlays with a business's growth trajectory. Our conversation, though, starts with data and how triaging disjointed and unactionable data sets anchors to the crisis of disconnection spoken about from Inbound 22 and how her previous experiences and friction with data in the health services space demonstrated an opportunity for RevOps Consultancy as a solutions partner. We also talk about tech stack audits and consolidation, how she manages that process for clients, how it differs based on customer size, maturity, and complexity, and how it represents such a large opportunity for a quick and significant return on investment for her clients. We then talk about how best to resource technical consulting, custom development work for clients, and public app development. Natalie pitches the podcast on her app idea that's arriving soon, and some recommendations on how to staff and resource or partner with others to go to market with these types of technical consultancy services as well. You're listening to Agency Unfiltered. Natalie, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How are you doing? Hi, Kevin. I'm doing great. It's it's great to actually be here chatting live. Uh, and yeah, talking about everything HubSpot. Yep. Uh, that's usually the, the, the topic of interest uh, on this podcast. Uh, excited to get your perspective on it. I feel like I've seen your name uh, and your agency swirling around quite a bit, especially uh, if you're hashtagging or looking through some RevOps material and content. Uh, and so I'm sure our listeners would love to un- hear you unpack that and gain your perspective on it. Um, let me let me start you with this. Um, at Inbound, uh, there was a, a fairly common theme through you know HubSpot's executive keynotes and and some of the the conversations around this this age of the connected customer and how we're in we're faced with a crisis of disconnection uh, and and one of those. Uh, like areas with like one of the the crises within that crisis is uh, data and trying to figure out how to best triage disjointed data uh, uh, or or you know becoming overwhelmed with uh, data or not being able to drive action. So as you can tell, it plays a central part in disconnection. Um, what's your take on data? The importance of it uh, and where it may factor in uh, to some of the work you do with RevOps uh, Automated. Yeah, so I suppose for everybody, data is key to providing a great customer experience. I mean, Scott Brinker, we know, head of product at HubSpot, has done a lot of work around like looking at how many tools organizations are using today. On average, organizations have over 100 different tools that they are using, all which create their own data silo of information about a customer that we can't really see. 
And we know that to create the best customer experience, we need to understand every touch point. We need to know what they experienced when they went through marketing, maybe how they were reached in outreach or during sales outreach. We need to know the tickets they've raised and the product and the customer service and also their interactions with customer success. But the only true way to kind of have this view of the customer experience is to have all that data together in one place. So we actually have, it's great having loads of data points, but it's useless if we can't actually draw insights from these data points. So we really need to look at how do we create this single or distributed source of truth so we can better provide the right information at the right time to customers so that they can have a better frictionless buying experience. That's great. Uh, uh, do you feel like 100 apps per business, is that too many? That's a great question. And I think what I've seen working with larger organizations when we're consulting is that initially when companies start marketing, sales, customer success, you know, they're kind of they're scrappy startups, you know, they're kind of like looking for the best best in industry for kind of what they want to do. And you've got like sales teams buying things for sales, marketing's buying marketing things. We've got product teams buying things for product and like transactional emails. We've got customer success looking at how they have plugins and they're all kind of like scrambling to achieve their own goals in in silos. And this is why we start to see this gradual buildup of technology. And it normally gets to about the kind of like series a point in a company where all of a sudden they've raised a ton of money and they're realizing wow we have a ton of tools and our investors actually want to know what is driving revenue and it's at this point that they look and they say how do we consolidate our stack Uh, and that's actually where we play a really really big part is understanding not only hubspot but understanding the wider ecosystem and how HubSpot can replace some of those tools and how it can integrate with many of those other tools to give this like really cohesive stack where mm. data can flow across the whole customer lifecycle. Um, I certainly want to unpack your approach to that, like auditing and then uh, providing recommendations for consolidating down a tech stack. I can imagine that can be a hairy process. Um, sure. But uh, the way in which you've outlined the the role of data, the importance of data, right? Being able to uh, take all the data points, uh, uh, mapping it across an, uh, an entire customer journey, and then being able to, you know, extract insights and, and drive actions from that data. I mean, just kind of how you've just outlined it. What's the overlap of that process and that points with your definition of RevOps or some of the RevOps consultancy uh, that your team offers? Where and how do those intersect? Yeah, so we... well. Uh- The way I see revenue operations is we define it as the alignment of people, processes, and data systems. And it's kind of like these three key things that when aligned really work. So first of all, like when you think of like organizations in those early stages, like you got a lot of people working really, really hard and maybe data alignment isn't their primary goal because they're like experimenting, high speed, experimentation, marketing. They're trying to get stuff out there. But then as they're starting to scale, they, they need to start putting in processes because, you know, for every dollar or pound spent or euro, whatever currency you're dealing in, you kind of need to see that return. And, and the more headcount you hire, the more costs to business. So we need to start putting in processes so that your current headcount can achieve, you know, the same amount, if not more per person. 
And then we get into like those data systems. Now, of course, if you've got those processes and then you want to automate processes, you can only automate processes if you're actually acquiring the data points that allow you to build automations off it. So that's when it becomes really important at that point in a company where you've got product market fit, you understand like who your ICP is, you've started building processes or often companies haven't started building processes, but they want to build processes and automate them. That's Mm -hmm. when it really, really counts this kind of bringing that data together so you can better automate, which then allows your business to be scalable and build these revenue engines that everybody's talking about. Yeah, that's great. So in your eyes is people process data systems. Is that sequential? Is that the order in which you must, you know, try and, and build that, you know, revenue engine, I think, as you just said? I'm not 100% sure it's always sequential. It really depends on the the mindset of the organization. So when we have actually built out RevOps Automated, I actually went into it with a RevOps mindset from day one. Like I actually thought about, okay, well, how do we start building processes that we can automate to the point we can generate more revenue and add more people into the mix and then teach them about the processes, collect more data and then generate more revenue and then add more people. So it really depends. There's a lot of talk. I often hear people saying, oh, we're not ready for RevOps yet. (laughs) And I feel like that's because RevOps is still a relatively new term to people. Sure. Um, so they kind of see it as the thing that happens when they want to scale, not when they want to grow initially. But if you're at the early stages and you're wanting to figure out what experiments are driving revenue, then really you should be thinking about revenue operations from day one. Yeah. It's a really good point is that it's not a state that you reach to be concerned about. It should be sort of this like underlying or overarching, I don't know which direction you'd want to go, but like it's kind of, it should permeate or be persistent regardless of stage of growth or what you're trying to achieve at this moment in time. It sounds like that's kind of your, your, your framing of it as well. Yeah. And it's all about aligning marketing sales, customer success. And I probably would go as far as aligning also finance into that. I think Mm. the one thing that sometimes we don't talk about enough is the importance of bringing like revenue reconciliation back into to platforms and having that kind of like transparency of the actual revenue that is um reconciled so you know we've got and then product and we could even extend this to say well revenue operations is the alignment between marketing sales customer service and success product if it's a SaaS company finance sure. and and legal because you know we've got contract management systems you know hubspot's now got the great tool with the quotes which you can add your sort of contract um, requirements in there as well for people to e-sign so all yeah. of that sort of being in one place is is really really helpful for operationalizing your business so it's scalable it's a good point i think for my interpretation too it sounds like directionally where we're seeing the hubspot product as well i think an emphasis on commerce and payments and cpq and, and some of the functionality you've, you've kind of alluded to there uh natalie let me ask you this is has this um passion or uh interest in or focus on data has this has this always been something you've carried through in uh your career and in previous roles or is it something that you've leaned into uh once joining you know the hubspot ecosystem so to speak Great question. I've spent a lot of time kind of exploring like where this obsession data <laughs> comes from. And and actually, it comes from my background in, in healthcare. I was very heavily involved in clinical operations in, in healthcare in the UK. 
And what I found was that the the reason why patients were reporting a poor experience and the reason why operations were failing in, in healthcare, often the way they liaise with insurance companies, was because there wasn't the flow of information around electronic health records. You know, electronic health record systems are vast and massive and for anybody who has ever been to the doctors and then maybe been to another doctor or a hospital your healthcare records don't seem to follow you <laughs> and and this used to really frustrate me and i i actually ended up doing a whole project of like tracking one x-ray from an emergency department to a, like a physiotherapist desk and identified eight faxes along the way as well as like four or five systems that just didn't interoperate and I really wanted to fix this problem, but mm -hmm. unfortunately, the healthcare sector tends to lag a little bit behind uh, marketing and sales, that's for sure. sure. Um, and I ended up finding myself helping a, a founder with a go-to-market strategy for a, a health technology. And that, that's sort of when I came across HubSpot and realized it kind of helped the customer experience because it keeps data all in one place. And I've kind of continued this obsession with having the data around the customer and thought about it very much about having the data around a patient. So a patient experience from going from like emergency department to doctor to nurse is the same. I see it as a customer caring for that customer from marketing sales to customer service. And and for me, it's the same thing. It's it's just a different industry. Yeah. No, I love the parallel. They they seem uh fairly similar. I mean fairly similar, right? Um I mean, each touch point, you want your information, the context, the in, like the, all that thing, all that information to just carry with you to the next touch point. And so I think we've all had like a follow-up appointment with like a healthcare professional or whatever it is. And like, it seems like they haven't gotten access to those previous notes or comments, whatever it was. And so, yeah, so that, that feels fairly similar to a prospect going through a sales funnel or even if a longtime customer or client of a business, right? You want to just carry the context and info. I love that. Um we put a pin in it earlier. Maybe now is the time to unpack it. Um, you talked about auditing tech stacks, being able to find ways in which uh, you can consolidate down. Uh, if that's a recurring service that you offer or something that you help businesses with, what what's the what's the approach? How how do you how do you support or consult on that sort of you know technical or platform con consulting platform consolidation? Sure. So it does depend on the size and stage of, of the business. So a lot of businesses to start with will have a lot of different people responsible for just their department technology. And they actually will often have never spoken to each other, nor would they have put all their technology stack into one place. So for these sorts of companies, the first thing we do is we do a survey, we do an audit of all the different technologies they have, and we put them into an audited system. We look at the use cases for each technology. We look at the functions and features. We look at what they're integrated with. And we'll often do this first primarily by looking at the HubSpot integrations, looking at, you know, you can go into the settings, click integrations, and then you'll see a list of integrations that are connected with HubSpot. So we'll look at those first and we'll look at the health of those. And then we'll look at outliers, you know, what isn't connected. So we'll look at like native integrations, we'll look at custom integrations, and then we'll be looking at things that are not integrated. Then we'll look at like 
what we call duplications of technology tools. So I have this passion for just generally trying to know every tool that exists on the market, which is it's kind of a weird thing to like want to do, but like How's your progress on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy growth. I mean, I'm seeing new <laughs> things all the time, which I think that's what I love about this kind of job is that you get to learn every single day. Yeah. And what's fascinating is our clients actually introduce us to amazing technologies we've never seen before. So mm. it, it's great fun. But I'm starting to notice like people will have like maybe three different data source platforms that they're spending money on. And you're like, well, do you really need three different platforms that all supply you with leads? Is there one that's better that we could invest in and maybe spend that money elsewhere? Like how many potential email marketing tools do you need? You know, I think we're also seeing duplication of like be something silly, like events, marketing platforms, like you'll have like customer service using one to like, you know, do onboarding and then you'll have marketing using another one and calendar booking. Some people might use Calendly. Some people might use, you know, HubSpot, I hope. Yeah. HubSpot, yeah. Yeah. Of course. As that, like the basics, some people might use <laughs> Calendly, HubSpot, Chili Piper, and there'll be like a selection of them. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And the one thing I'm seeing a lot of is people do not realize that HubSpot has a cool function and they're often investing in quite expensive tools without considering first if HubSpot calls is actually a good solution for them, which would actually save a ton of money. And I think what's really nice about providing these sorts of services is you can make cost-saving impact really quickly. You know, you can go in there, audit tools, identify two or three things that are duplicates and potentially save a company a grand, three, potentially four grand a month just by mm -hmm. going in there. So in terms of return on investment, like doing this kind of service is really is really great for businesses. And it feels like, I mean, clearly that's the currency in which our partners should be operating, right? Every client wants to know the impact on the bottom line, the ROI of this type of work. And yeah, if you're trimming you know, monthly payments or whatever it is to these softwares that are just duplicating functionality of something else. Uh, yeah, it seems like uh, the time to value can be fairly short, uh, but the impact can also be fairly large. Yeah. So, so then moving on to the larger businesses. Yep. So larger businesses often will have like some form of head of data compliance or they'll have some sort of procurement process but the thing is with this procurement process um which what i've noticed is that the person who is in charge of saying yes or no to the procurement has no concept of what these technologies do all they're interested in is the fact that they're data compliant they comply with all data and then usually the accounts team that they're affordable there mm -hmm. tends to not be this kind of like board of people and what we've recently helped put in place for a couple of companies is that before it goes to um, sort of data security and accounts, the actual submission for the new technology goes to all the heads of department to, to ask, would you like to like veto this technology? Do we have something that already does this? And and helping them put in that governance system, again, is is really valuable. And, and the companies really thank you for it. Is there is there an aspect of consultancy to bring those smaller uh, or younger organizations up to this level of uh, like procurement or like data management, right? Like, do you does your team or is there an opportunity to consult on like, oh, here's how you build out 
a data compliance function or, or a more formalized procurement process, uh, means of governance of these apps. Do you do you consult on on those things as well? Yeah, if that's something that they are ready to hear, we know that change in any organization is hard. And particularly when you've got strong personalities in marketing and sales who really like I know what's best for my team and I, I want to have this procurement on a, a department level to start with. That's okay. But we do talk about like, as they scale, we would want them to put into like a central, almost revenue operations procurement system, just as you say, Kevin, so that they're not growing their stack exponentially without reason. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. You mentioned uh, going through uh, there was like almost like a pecking order of connections or systems. I think it was uh, maybe what's in HubSpot or like whatever the system of record is, then the native integrations, then the custom integrations, et cetera. Uh, when you consult on the custom integration component, other than auditing, uh, do you follow through with, or do you also go as far as extending or like connecting the systems that aren't part of that integration map, if that makes sense? Yeah, we actually do a lot of product and HubSpot alignment where we take companies who have got platforms, marketplaces, apps, and look at the user journey through an application or through a platform and try and bring those key moments back into HubSpot. We're actually working on a really interesting use case at the minute for a company who does direct mail. They're called Stamp. Um, and they basically have a customer who comes on, drafts a campaign, gets that campaign approved by their team, uploads a ton of data um, of the people they want to reach out to, puts in like the address area and then sort of pays. And what we've actually ended up doing is most of the time, these deals are being auto-created in HubSpot based on the stage in which the user is in on the platform. And we've set up a traffic light system. So only when a um, deal doesn't progress through stages because they haven't moved along the app journey, will the sales team then be prompted to reach out to that person and call. So what it means is people who naturally progress through the application and go through the lifecycle stages in there or the product stages really well, don't need to be bothered by sales. They don't you know, and, and the sales team aren't wasting resources on people who can self-manage through the product. We're identifying those people that seem to get stuck at a particular stage. We know which stage that is on the product and we'll send, first of all, some form of email prompt to help them along. And if that doesn't help, set a task for the cons um, for the sales consultant to call out to that person, making it a much more pleasant experience, but then also reducing the, you know, the things that are required from the team. You know, we're streamlining right. that. No, that's great. D deeply powerful. Is that powered by the HubSpot APIs? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Powered by the HubSpot APIs. So we work in, often depends on the platform. So we often work in collaboration with the developers on the product side. We do also have an in-house product um, development team that just can do all the development for them. So we either do it as a consulting approach or we use our developers to build those, um, build into the APIs. Yeah. No, that's great. You know, I I feel a number of partners want to directionally uh, go this way from a service offering, uh, from a consultancy perspective. I think directionally they're seeing the HubSpot CRM, right, kind of go in this area as well. How do you seek out uh, the, the, the talent, the, the employees with this technical background in order to enable these types of 
connections for, for your clients? Any recommendations on like how to build this area of practice uh, mm. amongst the team? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one because there's kind of two routes you can go with this. For me, I actually spent a lot of time reading the API documents myself and getting my head around them. And I'm not a developer, but understanding the APIs and the way APIs work, and I've spent a lot of time generally working with developers, I'm able to architect what needs to be built and then find the people or the developers that kind of understand things because I can talk the API language. So if you are interested in moving this way, it's definitely worth reading the API um, dev docs. They are super easy to read compared to most developer documents. HubSpot has done such a great job at making them easy to read. And there's actually a really lovely page that I recently posted on my LinkedIn about the objects and uh, properties and kind of the endpoints there, which a lot of HubSpot partners who are non-technical have, have thanked me for. So that's worth having a look in. Um, the other option, if you're not as confident with that part of it, you can look at potentially subcontracting an agency or a consultancy that can, can do it for you white labeled. We have started doing this um, for a few marketing agencies and PR um, agencies who want to kind of extend this part out, but don't necessarily have the skills in-house where we come in, manage it for them on like a basic retainer. And then, you know, they kind of learn with us as well. And if they decide that they want to then build up their confidence and, and build it as something in-house, then yeah, we kind of help them facilitate that as well. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, it, it makes sense, right? It, it's definitely a, a feasible solution or a, a route to go down uh, if you don't have those types of development resources internally. I would say regardless of, you know, whether you have developers ready to build these connections with the HubSpot APIs, or if you find a, a partner or outsource it out, potentially white labeled, um, seem, you would call this out. seems like the solution, the architecture piece will still be critical, right? And as you, as you pointed out, you, you're not a developer, but you know how to, to architect or like design the solution in a way to then enable the team that will go build. So it seems like, is it fair to say that that is still a critical component regardless of the direction you take the actual development work? Yeah, I would say, I'm not sure, maybe this is a word of warning or just something that I've learned from working with developers is, depends on the, the level of developer you sort of hire. I mean, most people when they're starting out at this point won't be able to afford a CTO level of developer who knows HubSpot really well. I mean, they're sure. pretty darn impossible to come across without them owning their own company probably. But what I've learned is I think about development like building a house. You know, you have the architect, the person that writes the blueprint, the person that thinks about like how how are people gonna live in this house? How are people gonna move from like the kitchen to the living room? Like how many bathrooms should there be? Like, is this a family house or is this a like commercial building? Like how does this actually need to be built to serve the people in it? And then once they've come up with those blueprints, those plans, the, the important material that is going to be to build the house, they hand it over to the builders. They hand it over to the plumbers, the electricians, uh, and the bricklayers to kind of like actually build the house. Now, these bricklayers, electricians, plumbers have specialties in their area, but if you just gave them the bricks and asked them to build you a house together, they, they probably would have no idea how to actually build what you want. And I sure. kind of see development a little bit like that. Like anybody who is a partner in the HubSpot ecosystem, you know how HubSpot works. You know what your customers actually want HubSpot to do. You know how the data should flow. 
you are the experts in that part. You are the architects. Your developers will build you often what you tell them to build them. So just be cautious. Don't expect to hire a developer (laughs) and just tell them to build you an integration between two platforms and for them to just know exactly how to build it to make it work. There is a lot of work to do with the architecture that goes underneath it. Yeah, I love the metaphor. It, it uh, the way you just tell it makes a ton of sense. Um, 100%. I love that. And honestly, it sounds like the architecture role itself, the person to design these blueprints. Uh, uh, I've been led to believe it's it's uh, it's a competitive market for that type of function as well. So it sounds like if the opportunity arises, prioritizing the development of that type of knowledge and deep understanding of HubSpot internally as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And as I say, the developer docs are a great source for that. Um, I'm just thinking, I, I suppose we've got a ton of academy stuff as well. You know, obviously go and take the platform consulting course, sure. you know, give the CMS stuff a try. There's also, you know, the data integrations training, like try some new training, see how <laughs> you get on and, and read. Yeah, that's a great tip. Uh, shameless plug for HubSpot Academy. Always, I, I appreciate that. Um, I think those are great courses as well. Let me ask you this: kind of in the, ta- this feels a little tangential. Um, sounds like little birdie told me that this is an area that that you're thinking about and focusing on. I think other partners are. How how should partners be thinking about not necessarily connecting to the apps in the marketplace, but actually building public apps uh, to enter into the marketplace and, and for other customers, users to obviously plug in and, and use. Uh, uh, tell me more about maybe what drove that decision for you and, and what apps are, are you thinking about noodling on right now? Yeah, Kevin, you're exactly right. I had this kind of ambition. I really wanted to build like a revenue operations innovation lab, you know, something where if we came across a problem that was reoccurring in our customers, then, then we would, you know, try and fix it if there wasn't already a solution on the market. You know, they say product market fit is finding a product that fixes a solution that your market experiences. So we're like, well, we have the market and they're telling us that there's a problem so and there's no fix. So why don't we just build it? And we've managed to use like the profit margins to then roll out a development team that's wholly focused on um, building out some of these things. So the first product that we're launching, hopefully in a couple of weeks, fingers crossed, is um, all to do with aligning the revenue in your funnel and normalizing it to one currency based on real-time financial exchange metrics. So you'll be able to look at the amount in funnel at any one point at any time and be able to see exactly how much there is to the closest pound or the closest dollar if you are using more than one currency. Um, So I'm super excited about that. Uh, I'm really keen. What do you think about that, Kevin? You like the idea? Yeah, it feels like a significant problem or point of friction if I'm an organization offices distributed globally or working uh, with customers or clients in different countries and different currencies. And if there's a blocker for me to just get that all centrally visible as one currency and I can move that around based on whichever currencies I work with. Yeah. Sounds like a, sounds like a great solution. That'll be exciting. Yeah. I can imagine a ton of partners and a ton of customers would love that. Yeah, it's great. I mean, people are always welcome to message me on LinkedIn if they want to learn more about that. And it's probably worth sharing as well as I really like sharing like my learnings from building these things because I've never launched an app on the on any form of marketplace before. Well, yeah. 
I have launched a couple of apps on like the Android and iOS. And, and one thing I've learned from doing that is there's like a ton of preparation you have to do mm. before you launch anything anywhere. And I asked the development team, like, could you send me a list of the requirements we need for the platform? And they, they kind of like talked about it from a technical point of view, but I was thinking, well, we're going to need it from a marketing point of view. We're going to need screenshots. We're going to need content. We're going to need, you know, video potentially explainer. So I went through all the requirements on the um on the hubspot sort of information pages and i built out a little template it's just a, a google doc um but once we're done with that what i'm going to do is i'm going to clear that and just offer it out free to anybody who kind of wants that template um That's great. so that you can kind of quickly and easily prepare for a launch on the hubspot app marketplace i was about to ask what goes into that prep work other than meeting obviously whatever technical requirements are. Uh, but it sounds like there's a soon to be released document that outlines those, but it sounds like a lot of how do you best prepare yourself for marketing and supporting users interested and enablement and, and those, those considerations. Yeah. So the key, the key things are, well, you obviously need a name for the app. You need a tagline for the app, but you've got to think about like search engine optimization. You know, you've got to think about like, you know, what category it's going to come under and, and you guys, if you're a HubSpot partner, you'll know when you're looking for an integration into HubSpot, you'll you'll use specific search terms. So if you launch a product into the app, you're going to need to know what search terms to use and things like that. So it's all about like just being search optimized on, on the yep. apps store. Nope. That's great. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Um, now, as we as we, we, we come up on time, uh, I know that RevOps Automated does the the annual RevOps report. Um, if I've never seen that or downloaded it, what type of information is in there? What does that contain and, and what does that uh, teach the folks uh, that, that seek it out? Yeah, so we launched the revenue, um, the annual revenue operations report 2022-23, um, which is available from our website. And when you download it, what it will do is it will run through the, the current definition sort of based on what the thought leaders in the marketplace are, are currently talking about. It will also look at the reasons behind it and impact. It goes through, you know, the impact on the value of stocks, the impact on deal one acceleration. So if you're trying to get buy-in either from internally from your own business, if you want to start using RevOps or if you want to get buy-in from a customer, you know, you can present to them these facts that we've put in there on, on the actual impact. It also looks at the revenue operations transformation from startup to scale up to enterprise and the kind of technology stacks we see in these different companies. So it kind of outlines those. Um, and it also just, just generally looks not only at the organizational structure, but the sort of tools and potential things that you could use. And we are planning on doing another report called the future of technology and revenue operations, where we'll actually be highlighting what we consider best in class technologies for kind of each part from the CRM, from data connectors that are maybe no code data connectors, mm -hmm. um, to project management systems and CPQ systems that, that might be able to plug into HubSpot. So I'm really excited for the launch of that um we're aiming for the end of the, this year for it but we have to be brutally honest we've been so busy that um we might have to push it to the beginning of next year well you've just given yourself a deadline on air so you know <laughs> now you have to commit to it but yeah we'll have to we'll, we'll keep an eye on it uh it'll be exciting to, to see that uh come out into the ecosystem uh, natalie last question for you we wrap every episode with this uh what's the uh, strangest part 
of agency life or RevOps life, if you will? The strangest part. Actually, a really difficult question, Kevin. I think the strangest part sometimes is coming across businesses that you just assume will already know the things that we know in the HubSpot ecosystem, things that we all consider to be common knowledge, like the basics, because we all have this like inbound mindset and like adding value and thinking about customer experience. And and sometimes it, it, it's that it's almost as though some of these organizations have never considered inbound as an option. I, I, I think I think I'm still what I find crazy is that we're, I'm still coming across organizations that just just need this foundational help. This, you know, what what people often consider in the HubSpot ecosystem to be basic knowledge, that they just need that. So I suppose my advice to anybody who is even starting up a HubSpot agency or consultancy, like if you've done even like one, two or five courses on the HubSpot Academy, you are going to have value to offer to organizations out there. So, you know, be confident in your approach to organizations because you will be able to add value. (laughs) Don't be surprised if what we consider baseline or table stakes isn't where a particular organization is already operating. Yeah, that's a that's helpful tip. Um, And definitely, yeah, fairly strange at times if you come across it. Now, thanks so much for uh, joining us. It's been great talking RevOps tech stack consolidation, uh, some resources and apps to come. It's been great. So thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing your perspective. And thanks for having me, Kevin. Of course. And for everyone that's just tuned in, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered. <laughs>